My mind slowly awoke, pulling itself from the warm place of dreams and rest. I felt the cool brush of her spirit against my face. My eyes still closed. I let out a sigh as my good friend blew through my open window and caressed my face. By now you know my good friend, since I've talked about her before. My good friend, Wind. Wind tousled my hair that had fallen across my forehead and whispered in my ear, Guess what, Beth? It's happened. It's here. And it suddenly dawned on me. I blinked the sleep from my eyes. Looking out the window, I saw the trees gently blowing in the wind, their leaves starting to change colors. Wind knew just what I needed today. There has been another visitor in our house, lingering in the shadows, waiting, just watching and waiting. Death. Just as I have talked about my good friend Wind on this podcast, I have also talked about my friend Death. I've held your hand as we walked down Storystone Lane and talked a little bit about death. Well, here he is today, up close and personal, sitting in the shadows of my room, waiting patiently, almost too patiently, for my little doggy who has cancer. So when Wynne came breezing into my room this morning, brushing her gentle reminder of fall against my face, I welcomed her giving my mind a much-needed distraction from that ever-patient friend I keep seeing out of the corner of my eye in piles of used Kleenex on the nightstand and on the couch. Welcome back to Storystone, my dear listeners. (laughs) Sorry if it's a little sad today, but here's the deal. We need the sad to truly appreciate the happy, right? The good thing is, as I write this story down, I have my sweet little Oreo, sweet as a cookie, sleeping peacefully and content on my chest, enjoying her last moments with us as the spoiled little princess she has always been. Just as the seasons change, so does life. This is the season of change. It brings that wonderful weather to give us a respite from the heat we just had over the summer. We get to pull out our snuggly sweatshirts, pull on those fleece-lined sweatpants, and slip our feet into the soft, fuzzy slippers that waited so patiently over the hot summer. Take a walk through the woods and enjoy the beauty nature has to offer in the dazzling colors she displays, distracting us from the cold that is coming. This month of October brings a lot of fun, doesn't it? Pumpkin patches, corn mazes, costumes, and pumpkin spice everything. What do you enjoy about the fall? Do you have fall traditions? (laughs) Funny how it seems to me lately, fall activities are everywhere these days. As a young girl, we never had pumpkin patches to go to, or if there was, I just didn't know about it. When my son went to kindergarten, I found out about apple orchards. I mean, when I was young, we would just go out to my grandparents' yard and pick apples since they had several trees. My favorite apples were from a tree right next to their carport. They were not the biggest apples, but they were the brightest and most delicious ones. I wish I knew the name of them. Super red skin that you could polish against your shirt until they shone so bright you could see your reflection in them. And when you would bite into it, oh man, the flavor. It was indescribable. Nothing like a store-bought apple at all. I'd bite into that apple, the skin making a popping sound, and then I would gaze at how bright white that flesh was against the crimson, red, shiny skin. Now, here's the trick to safely eating a homegrown apple where the trees don't get sprayed with pesticides. You watch as you eat. 
Watch very closely. Maybe that's why I remember the color of the flesh and skin of that apple so vividly. Because not only were those the tastiest apples my grandparents grew, but they were also the wormiest apples. Yes, you heard that correctly. Wormiest. Like creepy, crawly worms. Well, really, more of a caterpillar. Those caterpillars had good taste since they went for the most delicious of all the trees. You'd be chewing away and realize that sticking out of the apple right where you bit into it would be half a caterpillar, wiggling in its hole. You'd holler as you spat that bite out and your sister would get a good belly laugh looking at half of the eaten caterpillar. Yes, folks, I've really eaten a caterpillar from the inside of an apple. Not purposely, mind you, but every time you picked one of those apples and ate it, it came with a risk. Risky apples, those were. (laughs) See, those caterpillars are sneaky little buggers. You can see the little hole they go into, so you carefully turn the apple to the other side and start eating it from the smooth, hole-free area. That is until you have half a caterpillar in your mouth when you realize that the little thing just munched and munched its way through the apple to the other side. But like a good country girl that I was, after spitting that little bugger out, I'd finish that lovely apple. Because of course, with the caterpillar out of the way, you could really get down to business and thoroughly enjoy the apple. (laughs) So for the first time when Ian was in kindergarten, I got to experience a fall apple orchard. Everything apple. Everything caterpillar-free apple. Apple cider, apple butter, apple muffins, apple chips, apples in all their glory. (laughs) The other fall fruit that I enjoyed from my grandparents' yard was persimmons. Yes, persimmons. You know a neat fact? Here in Tennessee, there are wild persimmon trees. Yeah, I think the first time I saw the little wild persimmons on the ground next to my parents' new mailbox, the birds flew in surprise from the tree as I exclaimed in delight over them, slurping the ripest ones into my mouth and enjoying the memories their flavor brought back. My grandma Hersher loved, loved, loved her persimmon tree. Problem was, it was very temperamental and didn't like the cold coming too soon. So there, those lovely big fruit would be on that tree, big and green, just waiting to turn orange and be ripe enough to pick. Then the cold, rainy winter weather would come too soon and all the persimmons would be ruined. I think they must like cool nights and warm days of Tennessee in the fall. But there were years when the weather would cooperate and grandma would come away with a haul. The trick with her variety of persimmons though was this. They had to ripen all the way. You could pick them from the tree so as not to lose them from the frost when they turned orange, but then there they would sit, lined up in her kitchen window seal, just taunting you. Big, giant, and such a beautiful shade of orange. Deep, bold orange for the fall. And there they would wait, slowly, ever so slowly ripening. Ripening at a snail pace. Yes, ripening so stinking slow. If you know me, you know I am not a very patient person. I do things quickly and want things to happen as quickly as I can do them. So waiting on those persimmons to ripen would drive me nuts. Every day I'd test them by giving them a gentle squeeze. Nope, not today, maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow would come and down the row I'd go testing every one of those smug looking persimmons until the day would come when I'd say, Grandma, this one is soft. It's time to eat it. She'd look at it questioningly and say, Hmm, I'm not so sure. 
No, Grandma, it's soft enough. Can I try it, please? She'd nod, and I'd run to the utensil drawer and get out a little paring knife. She knew if I tried a slice, she could still sit it back up on the windowsill and let the rest of it ripen if it wasn't ready to eat. I'd cut a big, beautiful slice out and take a nice bite. Pause for a second with me and look at my grandma's face. On her face, you could see a sneaky little smile, standing there with a slight smirk, knowing good and well what was going to happen next. It's like cotton, Grandma. Cotton stuck to my tongue. I'd be spitting it out into the sink, frantically grabbing for a glass of water as my sweet grandma would be smiling and chuckling to herself. (laughs) You see, these types of persimmons aren't the type you can eat when they're slightly crispy. Even soft doesn't work. They have to be the consistency of... I'll just go ahead and say it. The consistency of snot. Yes, snot. They must be slimy and squishy. When you cut a slice, it must ooze out onto your hand and almost fall apart. You must slurp it from the skin. Otherwise, if it is still too firm, it literally feels like all the moisture has been zapped from your mouth and someone has taken a piece of cotton and put it on your tongue. It makes you scrape your tongue against your top teeth in an effort to scrape the cotton feel off of your tongue. It takes a good few minutes to rid your mouth of that nauseous substance, but I tell you that if you can handle the slimy consistency of those ripe persimmons, the taste was amazing. Absolutely wonderful. Rich and sweet, juicy and delicious. So I really didn't think any of my listeners would have any memories about persimmons in the fall, but most everyone has stories about pumpkin patches, Halloween stories, or apple cider orchards. But there I was the other day, sitting in the OR during a long eight-hour brain tumor resection surgery. I was chit-chatting with my sweet little nurse intern, Stephanie. I told her that I had no idea what I was going to do for my October podcast. I just didn't have a clue. I knew my dear friend Sue Ellen had a quick Halloween story to share with me, but she said it was more of a mini story. So I was feeling the pressure. The pressure of finding just the right story to share with you. Stephanie asked me about my podcast, and as we chatted, I asked her if she had any fall traditions. And guess what she said? You won't believe it. Persimmons! Yeah, Stephanie used to pick persimmons with her mother in the fall. Of all the 15 nurse interns I could have had that day, here I was sitting next to the one with a story of persimmons in the fall. Amazing how things work out like that. Stephanie is a first-generation Korean immigrant. Both her mother and father came to the United States from South Korea. If you have been with Storystone from the beginning, you know how much I love to hear how people came to our country. This is how Jana, Stephanie's mom, made it to the U.S. Jana met an army man while he was deployed in South Korea. He swept her off her feet. A whirlwind romance. I wish I could say it was a perfect love story, but it was not. Jana grew up in the countryside of South Korea, full of farming, simplicity, and natural beauty. Her life was really idyllic in many ways, but the life this serviceman promised her was intriguing and exciting. She thought she would move from the simple life as a country girl to the rich extravagance of the United States, but he bamboozled her. Bamboozled her with empty promises. Before she knew it, she was pregnant and living in a small house in a foreign country with no help or support. She spoke very little English and found the man she was so enamored with in Korea was not who she thought he was. He was rude, disrespectful, gruff, and really didn't care about her at all. 
Shortly after she came to the United States, she delivered a beautiful little baby girl. Not long after that, Jana's new husband handed her divorce papers and told her to leave his house. He had found another woman and didn't want his Korean wife anymore. But to make matters worse, he told her he was taking full custody of their daughter. With her limited English and lack of resources, there was little she could do. The court system cared very little for her. The military man she thought would take such good care of her instead betrayed her and hired an attorney that convinced the courts that she was unable to care for her daughter and there Jana was left, standing in the aftermath of a whirlwind immigration. Standing all by herself as the dust settled around her feet, the wreckage strewn around her, tears of helplessness streaming from her beautiful dark eyes. There was nothing she could do to keep her beautiful little daughter. Another woman got to raise her, see her meet all of her first milestones. Another woman that threw away the birthday cards she sent or kept her from her weekly phone calls where Jana just wanted to hear her daughter's sweet little voice. Heartbreaking, isn't it? Thank goodness Jana was strong and resourceful. She found her way. Hard work, lots and lots of hard work. Eventually, she met her second husband who, like her, was an immigrant from South Korea. This marriage would be much better this time. A man who spoke her native tongue and came to her with her native traditions. But alas, it was not to be either. Yet again, she found a very domineering, demeaning man. There was no sweet, gentle love. A love she really needed and dreamed about after all the hardships she had been through. But there were two things— two wonderful things that came from this union, Stephanie and her sister. Eventually, her marriage with Stephanie's father ended as well, but this time without the heart-wrenching separation from her girls like with her first one. Stephanie's mom worked long and hard hours. At one point during Stephanie's childhood, her mother owned a gas station. She would work very long hours to cut down on the amount of employees she needed to hire. Being an independent business owner was amazing to me, though, isn't it? To come here with very limited knowledge of the English language, left to fend for yourself, and then be able to eventually own your own business? Amazing! Anyhow, those long hours left Stephanie with very little time with her mother. Then the fall would come, and the persimmons would get ripe, and Stephanie would have her time. There was a customer that came into the gas station all the time, and one day through a little conversation, her mother found out that the woman had a very large persimmon tree in her front yard. This woman never even came close to eating all the persimmons, and they would just fall and rot on the ground. Stephanie's mother's eyes lit up bright as she exclaimed, What? You don't eat all of them? The woman replied, No, I only eat a few, and the tree is so big and full of fruit every year, you are welcome to come and pick them. Thus began the yearly fall tradition of getting to spend the entire day, a whole day with her mom. This was such a treat. The time Stephanie got to spend with her mother was precious, and she savored it. She didn't care that there was a lot of hard work involved in the day. The work came with stories of her mother's childhood growing up in South Korea, stories of how she did this kind of thing with her own mother. So Stephanie would have really put up with about anything to get a whole day with her mom. Picking and preserving persimmons was a wonderful way to enjoy the day. They would start early, head over to the woman's house with several shallow boxes salvaged from the gas station. Then they would pick up to about 50 of those big, beautiful, luscious fruit. The nice thing about these persimmons was that they were of the variety that can be eaten when slightly crisp. 
No need to let them soften to the consistency of snot. No cotton in the mouth. These could be enjoyed at any time. After all the persimmons were picked, they loaded them into the back of the car and headed home with even more work to be done. Remember, Stephanie's mom grew up in the countryside of South Korea, so she knew just how to preserve fruit in more than one way. She would make persimmon preserves with a large amount of them. Then whatever they didn't eat over the next several days, they took and sliced into thin slices and laid them in the sun to dry. I was shocked when Stephanie told me about this. I never realized you could just lay fruit in the sun to dry. I don't know why. I mean, I use sun-dried tomatoes all the time, but I just figured they were put in a dehydrator like my grandparents used to use. But nope, Jana knew just how to get them to dry out in the sun. Then they would have them to eat for the rest of the winter. Sun-dried persimmons and persimmon preserves. Yum. Another fall tradition Stephanie had was going to harvest chestnuts. Yet again, her mother found out one of her customers had a large chestnut tree and invited her to collect the chestnuts. So later in the fall, off they would go to pick the chestnuts. The girls would wear their toughest shoes because here's the deal with chestnuts. They fall to the ground inside a spike protective shell. I had no idea since the only time I've seen chestnuts is in the store. They have smooth, brown, thin shells, and I just assume that's how they fell from the tree. (laughs) Wrong. So here's this lovely nut, but it grows inside a wicked container. Stephanie said you could use a stick and poke at that spiky shell until you got it to break open and then carefully pull the chestnut out. But her mother taught her a better way. You use the sturdy soles of your shoes. Step onto the spikes with one foot, holding it tight to the ground and give it a squish with your other foot. You end up breaking open the spikes and squishing out that lovely chestnut. Grab it and plop it into the bag. Once they had a nice haul of chestnuts, the best was yet to come. They got to go home and eat them. Stephanie says the best way to eat a chestnut is to roast them in the oven or over the fire with honey. You cut open the skin so the meat is exposed, roast them, and then drizzle those hot, freshly roasted chestnuts with honey. Mmm, are you going to try this? I know I am. Persimmon preserves with crusty bread and some honey roasted chestnuts. Stephanie, you are making our mouths water. I was amazed at how much I had coaxed from Stephanie. She blushed as she told me, It wasn't much, but it was what I really looked forward to every year. Silly how easy we are to please as children, isn't it? Think back to your childhood. Or if you have a child now, think about the things you love to do most with them in the fall. I bet they aren't some grandiose thing, but just stem from an ordinary thing that means so much more because of the people you get to spend time doing it with. So now on to the last part of Stephanie's fall traditions, but let me preface with a story of my own. The one thing we all celebrate in one way or another at the end of every October, Halloween. Now, I have to say, we all celebrate it because since even if you are of the religious persuasion that doesn't celebrate Halloween, you still are bombarded by it everywhere you turn. There is no escaping it. When I was younger, my extended family tended to turn their noses up at the word Halloween. From their vantage point, there wasn't anything in that holiday pertaining to Jesus, and really, it tended to be about so many things in opposition of Christianity, we just didn't celebrate it. But that being said, we found other ways to avoid feeling left out. Thus, the harvest party. But here's the problem that arose when I was little. I just wanted to dress up. Not to dress up with my sister from a box of play clothes, but really dress up. Makeup and all. To have a special day of pretend. Well, 
One Halloween, my little dreams came true. When I was four and five, my dad and mom had taken us and moved to Klamath Falls, Oregon, so my dad could attend radiology school. This separation from all of my immediate family members was felt on a daily basis. But this separation gave us the freedom to go trick-or-treating one year. We were living in a rental house in a real neighborhood. Not a house at the end of a gravel driveway, but a real neighborhood with sidewalks and neighbor kids. So when the little kids across the street came running over to my sister and I, dressed as a cowboy and a princess, asking us to go trick-or-treating with them, how could my mother say no? Could we be princesses too, Mom? Please? Please? We begged her in our high, squeaky little five-year-old voices. She threw a couple of white sheets over our heads, tied them up at the waist with a pretty ribbon. Then, as we giggled with delight, she gave us a makeover. Blue sparkly eyeshadow, bright pink blush for our cheeks, and some red lipstick for our little lips. Oh my, we thought we were the most beautiful princesses on the block. Then, the piece of resistance. She made us little scepters from a wooden dowel and a cardboard star covered in gold glitter. Oh man, we were on cloud nine! We danced down the sidewalk that evening in sheer excitement. The fun of having to be brave at some of the houses when we had to go through the spooky decorations to get to the candy from the witch that was standing at the door. After several blocks of trick-or-treating, we couldn't wait to get home and dump our candy into piles in the middle of the floor and go through it all, pulling out a few of our favorites to enjoy right then. I may have been barely five years old at the time, but it is a night of fun I will never forget. My coworker Stephanie, got to enjoy trick-or-treating with her sister every year. What made it so much fun was that every year they got to dress up as, wait for it, Koreans. <laughs> yeah, those cute little Korean girls got to pretend to be Korean for Halloween. We got to giggling in that OR and had to shush ourselves over this, but the picture in my mind got me so tickled. Those cute little American Korean girls got to dress up in the traditional Korean dresses their mom kept for them. This was a treat. What little girl doesn't love to get all dressed up and pretty? Those dresses were beautiful, but they only got to wear them a couple times a year. So when Halloween came around, it was a great excuse to put those lovely dresses on and pretend they lived in South Korea with their mother and her relatives. And how cute they were packing their little plastic pumpkins saying, trick or treat, with big smiles and rosy cheeks, knowing they were the prettiest Korean princesses on the block. Fall. Ah, what a wonderful time of the year. Maybe the beauty the trees throw at us as one last hurrah before they go to sleep for the winter makes me extra nostalgic. It's got me thinking about the season of change. A lot has happened since I first started writing this episode. That sweet little doggy I held on my chest as I started writing this has since passed on. I am now sitting by a crackling fire while looking out a big row of picture windows overlooking a beautiful Michigan lake. The sun peeking from the clouds, sending the water into a sea of diamonds. And as I look up from my computer screen, there comes wind. Wind playing with the fall leaves. She whispers to them saying, it's your time, your time to shine. Use this season of change in your life to give joy to the world. She gives them a gentle nudge, sending them spiraling down in a rain of gold, crimson, and rust. The beauty of the leaves falling like rain against the backdrop of a sparkling sea of diamonds took my breath away. 
In that moment, I realized death was waving goodbye to me, closing this little sweet chapter of my life. Thank you for spending a little time with me today on StoryStone. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and family. Send me a message if you have a great story for next month. The only way to keep this podcast going is by my listeners and friends sharing a story with me to share with you. And as you see, our stories from life do not have to be some amazing, crazy story. (laughs) Every day we are living our stories. As we walk through this fall, think about all the seasons of change in your life. What stories have filled your seasons? I bet there are some stories that will fill our hearts to the brim with happiness. Until next time, dear listeners.